Good evening, everybody. Happy Sunday. It is Sunday Service, a podcast where we talk about primarily creative finance. However, my partners and myself do just about everything. Tonight, we're going to talk about what is creative finance was last episode. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about one of those strategies, subject to. But more specifically, I want to talk about where are these leads and these opportunities coming from? Right. And what do I do with these leads? Because a lot of people are going to say, okay, well, creative finance sounds really amazing, but how do I get started? Where do I go? How do I get the deal? Okay. A lot of different ways, a lot of different ways you can go and get deals. So tonight we're going to talk about where those deals come from, where these opportunities come from, and then how we utilize them. And then we're going to start jumping into what exactly is subject to investing. And I am also going to talk about leading up to the next 25 weeks of strategies, I'm going to talk about what are all the 25 different exit strategies in creative real estate. Pretty, pretty fun stuff. Okay. Um, there's, there's about 30, 35, and we'll jump into those today. But thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. It is seven o'clock on the dot right now, Sunday evening, um, live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Pace Morby. For any of you that are listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, we are live every Sunday evening, 7 p.m. Arizona time, and we are one of the only two states in the entire country that does not change our time for daylight savings time. So you know we'll always be here at the exact same time, have been for a very long time. Um, what I've got here, something really interesting. This is the deed to my property. Okay, so this is the, you can see it's notarized and recorded. I don't know if you got, I can pull it back and you can kind of, I have my camera fixed to only be focused in this general vicinity. But this is the deed that is um, to my personal property. And a lot of people on TikTok who obviously don't know what they're talking about, that's what's funny about TikTok. It's just primarily a bunch of trolls, um, which is fun. It, it, I'm not making fun of them. I actually appreciate them. It's a lot of fun because it gives us a lot of fun content to talk about, like how uneducated people are about real estate. It's mind-blowing. Um, so one of those people on TikTok said, it's not possible to buy a house subject to nothing like that, that exists. You guys are scamming, prove it. So I've got, again, my deed right here. Okay, deed, a deed for anybody who doesn't know, a deed is proof of ownership. Okay, so this is all you need is one document. So what's funny is that I can have a mortgage in one person's name and the ownership in somebody else's name, which is kind of cool. Um, so we're going to talk a lot about that tonight. Where do these opportunities come from? How can I buy somebody's house and get the deed to a property without actually qualifying for a mortgage? How can I, um, take over somebody else's debt? We're going to jump into all of that. What is subject to good to see everybody in here. Um, Tanisha says she loves my video impersonating Dave, Dave Ramsey. We've been having a lot of fun with that, by the way, we do love and respect Dave Ramsey. There's just a couple of pieces of advice that I think just, are not great pieces of advice for our audience, right? Our audience specifically wants to learn how to be worth 10, 20, 30, $100 million. And Dave Ramsey's audience is like, how do I basically never spend any money until I'm 80 years old and I live debt-free, which is great. You can live debt-free, that's awesome, but that's not where real wealth is created, okay? It was not a real beef. No, no. Alejandro says, I thought it was a real beef. No, I, I actually think Dave Ramsey's pretty fantastic. Um, I just think that there's a couple of pieces of advice that uh, don't fit my audience. That's it. 
his audience, I think the advice is actually really, really good for. So um, anyway, let's get into it tonight. I want to jump into a couple of things. Primarily, um, we'll do a really quick version of this because I've done this on other lives like the 26-hour live and stuff like that. We're going to talk about where do deals come from real quick. Okay, we're going to talk about where do deals come from because a lot of people have no idea, right? They have no clue. Oh, there he is, Mr. Punctual on time, uh, jumping into the live. So first place we get deals is on market. This is what most people think of, of when they think I'm going to get a deal. They think, okay, I'm going to go to Zillow. I'm going to go to loopnet.com. Oops, why why is it got to do that? You know, if I type in .com, you know it shouldn't do that. So right now, you could go on market. You could go to Zillow. You could go to LoopNet. You could go MLS. You could go to a wholesaler. This is one that a lot of people don't look at, but wholesalers' websites. Okay, so like, for example, let's look at, yo, what up, Cody? Are you getting Are you getting ready and prepared? There he is. You trying to figure out your internet situation? Okay, I'm gonna rem I'm gonna remove him until he figures it out. I think he, he's Cody's living in my guest house for the next thirty or days or so. He's moving into a brand new house, and so he's in my guest house. And I think the Wi-Fi over there is a little bit slow. Um, so there are five places that deals come from, right? There's on market, there's MLS, right? There's all of those things. Um, and all the things that are on market. And this is what most people think about. They think, okay, if I'm going to get into real estate, this is where I'm going to find a deal. I'm going to go to a real estate agent and I'm going to save up a big down payment. And I'm going to tell that real estate agent, I want to find a rental property that I can turn into a rental or an Airbnb or whatever. And then there's house hacking and there's all these things that people talk about, but it's all the same thing. You have to find those deals on market. Okay. On market means somebody already has them under contract with the seller means the seller and whoever has that under contract have spoken and they've negotiated. There's a contract, there's a physical contract already that would be called a on market deal. Okay. So on market, um, wholesaler websites, et cetera. My iPad is being a little bit funky, but let me just restart it. So, um, Come on, baby. Come on, iPad. Be good to me. So on market. Okay. So if you're looking at on market, here we go. Boom. On market, Zillow, LoopNet, MLS, wholesaler websites. A lot of people don't even think of that as a, a way to find deals. Um, also auctions is on market. Okay. So you can go to, you can actually go to auction.com, right? These are houses that are already they are predetermined what's going to happen to them. There's no negotiating these, okay? You're going through a realtor a lot of times on these situations, right? So like um, realtors, which also are brokers, a lot of people don't even know the difference between a re realtor and a broker. But on market, I go to Zillow, I go to LoopNet, I go to Redfin, I go to those types of things, right? And what I'm essentially doing is I'm going and looking at houses that somebody else has already negotiated. Somebody has already got those houses under contract, okay? The second way that we get deals is direct to seller, okay? And we prefer direct to seller for a couple of reasons, but direct to seller gives you, gives you full control, okay? So direct to seller, this is the part where most people are going to like 
other um they're going to the steve trains and the max maxwells and the jerry nortons of the world and they're saying i want to learn how to directly market to these people so number two would be direct to seller okay and for some reason my ipad is just not loving this. So I probably am going to have to go iPad list tonight. Unfortunately, my iPad's like glitching out. I might have to restart it anyway. So you want to go direct to seller. Okay. And why do we go direct to seller? Direct to seller gives us a look at Cody. He's walking around trying to get Wi-Fi. He's trying to get into the back of my house. What's up dog? What up? Yo, I'm just trying to find an unlocked door. I literally just locked every door in my whole house before I came down to my studio. Could I go into the garage if I use the clicker? Yeah. And the no, I even locked that open? door. I, lo I even locked that oh door. Oh, my God. Um, See, I have Wi-Fi if I'm out in the cold. Does the Wi-Fi not work inside <laughs> the guest house? No, I was sitting and it was just spinning while I was in the lobby. That sucks. Um, okay, give me a second. I'm going to put it on pause. And I'll go, I'll go let you in. Okay. Perfect. And what I'll fun, just say hello. What a, what a fun situation. All right, guys, hold tight. We got to, we got to get Cody figured out on his Wi-Fi. I'll be right back. Happy Sunday, everybody. I'm coming <laughs> to you from Pace's backyard that it's, it's dark right now, but it's beautiful. So <laughs> hope everyone's having a good weekend so far. We have for those of you that celebrate Christmas, you know, er, happy, you know, early Merry Christmas, happy Hanukkah, happy whatever holiday that you may celebrate. Or if you don't celebrate any holidays, you know, New Year's is coming up. Um, yes, I am in Pace's backyard with a blanket because it's cold AF here in Arizona right now. Yes. All right, gang. Gang, gang. We're coming. We're coming back. Thank you. <laughs> it's cold, dude. What do you want me to do? Base is making fun of me for having. If you plug in blanket. here, you'll get um, hardware. Thank you, sir. All right, guys. Are we ready to get safe service back on track? That was totally my fault for not testing the streaming earlier on. But we're here. What were we talking tonight? Okay. Talking about the difference between direct to seller and on market. Awesome. Oh, this thing actually plugged in. Oh, Pace is getting some light. Here we go. Kevin says, why not do it together? We are doing it together. I was just trying to let Pace have peace in his main house, and here I am disturbing the peace. So, but we're here. And I, Roger, Pace does have, he has, I think, multiple Wi-Fi extenders. It's just, there's a lot of square footage to cover, so um, that's, that's a challenge. They said he has 15 Wi-Fi extenders in this house. So that's, um, give you an idea. 
Saeed, yes, I, I'm here, happy to be here. I just moved this weekend, so appreciate you guys. If you're tuning in for the first time, you're probably like, what the heck, who, what, who are these guys? This is super weird. We're just ourselves, and we're always going to be ourselves, so just something to you know, keep in mind for the newer, newer audience. But, uh, you know, I just moved uh, over this weekend. Pace graciously, uh, him and Laura are letting um, my girlfriend and I stay in their guest house. So grateful to be here. All right, guys. Um, welcome to the show. We're here. Uh, yeah. Fun, fun, fun. Good to see you guys. So um, 250 people hanging tight with us. Thank you guys so much. Um, let's change it up a little bit. All right. All right. Let's change it up I'll a little it. bit. Let's Cody, I was going to talk about something specific, but you came in and derailed the whole thing. Now we're 15 <laughs> minutes into the show, um, which is all good. Um, you know, when you get you move into a new spot, you're always trying to figure out um, Wi-Fi and all that kind of stuff. So it's all good. Okay, cool. So, Cody, here's what I want to talk about. All the things. Are you, right. Cody, what you need to do is you need to go on your computer and turn Wi-Fi off and only have your um, hardwire plugged in. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that cord wasn't, there, there was no power going to it. And my computer is about to die. So I had to think on and switch it up. So we're good. We're good. I'm here. All right, good. All right, Cody, let's talk about, let's talk about our goals for the new year. What are, what are we trying to accomplish in our businesses, our real estate business? What are, what, what did we do this year that you feel, um, was exciting and what are think what things do we want to focus on more next year? Yeah. So, I mean, going into, I mean, really this year we found a, a great lender to actually be able to burr out of projects. And so I thought we hate the burr. So we, we, you know, it's a, it's a tool on the tool belt, you know, it's a tool on the tool belt. Guys, the Burr method is amazing. It is truly, truly amazing. We just uh, refinanced, I think, seven properties recently um, yep. that were subject to and seller finance deals that had some balloons on them. And so we strategically went after and bird them out. Um, Cody can talk a little bit more about that today. Um, but we do burr. We just don't talk about it a lot because what happens is there's a lot of people that um, they watch Bigger Pockets, which Bigger Pockets is amazing, not criticizing Bigger Pockets, or they watch other burr people and they think burr is the way to get into real estate. And then they realize that burr takes nine months to a year before you ever see a return on your money. It's not a way to actually go full-time real estate. It's a good way to build your rental portfolio over a long period of time. If you have a W-2, really good credit, great income, awesome tax returns, all of those types of things. Um, it's not really a great way to get started in real estate. If you're saying, I want to wholesale, I want to fix and flip. The Burr strategy doesn't make you money today. And so where I criticize the Burr strategy is always about that one topic is that you cannot make money today in the Burr strategy. Whereas in wholesale or fixing and flipping, you could make money pretty quickly, mm -hmm. um, primarily wholesaling or even acquiring sub two. There's been deals that we've done where um, the way we raise the capital or restructure the deal, we get paid up front on a subject to rental. And so we prefer those methods to teach people how to get started in real estate but we do use the burst strategy. So Cody, we've got a new lender you were saying, I'm sorry. Yep. 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 So 
Um, so we got a new lender through myinvestorloan.com. And so we were able to refinance some, uh, some of those properties, like you were saying, that had balloons on them coming up in the next year, two years. So yes, maybe we could have held them a little bit longer, but in the way that this world is right now, we don't know if rates will ever be cheaper. So, you know, securing the cheap debt right now made sense. Um, so that, you know, that was something that was definitely exciting this year is being able to, um, you know, just stabilize more of our portfolio, add more properties to it. And, you know, I see I saying, what about multifamily? Now going into the new year, we are excited about getting more multifamily. Because the, right. the we've, we've got, we, we do have, mul we do have multifamily. We have mobile home parks mm -hmm. guys. Um, and we are going after multifamily. I, I highlighted this specifically to talk about um, one of our plans for the next year. Um, let me show you guys something real quick in a little screen share. So you guys can see what we're going after next year. This one's not as sexy, but it's in a market that we're already buying in. So let me share this with you. Anybody that is a sub two student, I will be calling this seller on Wednesday live. So this is a 228 door North Carolina residential portfolio. Um, as you guys can see, there's multifamily and some single family homes mixed in his portfolio. A lot of apartments and condos as well. Um, so we've got a pretty good little cap rate here. It's not amazing, but the majority of the cap rates that are out there right now are like three and 4% if you're freaking lucky. And so we're going to go and, and, and talk to Southwood Dog, South Dogwood Partners. Somebody will try and call this guy. Somebody's going to take this phone number and go, oh my gosh, I'm going to call this guy. Um, good luck. If you guys want to see me call this seller Wednesday morning, 9 a.m., um, I'm going to be doing that in our private sub two group. And um, we will be starting and negotiating deals like this. We also are going to be speaking to our lender. Let me pull up another deal that we've got on our radar. Um, we've got this deal on our radar as well. We're going after this uh, 260 unit apartment building. And it is, uh, I, I spoke to them actually today. And we're going to be putting this in front of our lender. We have a new multifamily commercial lender that will lend, they don't lend anything under a million dollars. And they lend to the tune of a billion dollars in loans every single year. And so, yes, we are going heavy after multifamily. But primarily what we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing creative um, real estate investing with multifamily. Um, a lot of the portfolios I'm speaking with right now are sellers that are willing to take 70% upfront and they will carry a 30% seller carry note on the back end, which essentially, okay, essentially uh, the reason why we want to go after that is because I can go get a loan from somebody a non-recourse loan. Cody, what's a non-recourse loan or an asset-based loan? Uh, typically, it's not going to be tied to your personal tax returns and your personal credit. And so if you lose the asset, it's not typically, if you don't sign a personal guarantee, it's not going to come back to you. Yeah, because what happens a lot of times when we start talking about getting loans on properties, people check out because they're like, well, I have to have great credit. I have to have this. I have to have a bunch of cash. I have to have, you know, all this experience, which is not true. I mean, oh, by the way, we had a, I, did you see the thing I tagged you in today? We had a phenomenal story about myinvestorloan.com. Yes. There's yeah, like dude, a whole... I'm getting like DM after DM after DM. I have one student, check this out, in flipme.com, the other mentorship. 
Um, he's talking about how he splits yeah. all his deals with his investor. So he has an investor that brings all the cash to the deal. His investor, that's all he does, just brings the cash, right? And we have investors that do that too, but we pay them like eight or 10% return. This student yeah. has been splitting the profits on all of his fix and flips with this private investor that's not finding the deal, not managing the deal, not negotiating with the buyers, not managing the contractors, the cash flow, the paperwork, or anything. He has a lender bringing the cash and then giving this lender 50% of his net profits on the fix and flips. 50%. My question would be, how can we be that lender? <laughs> I Exactly. And he, he's like, that's just what I learned. Like I saw somebody taught me this. I, this is what I've always thought was the way to do it. So I gave him myinvestorloan.com. He said, if I just use myinvestorloan.com in the last six months, I'd have an extra $180,000 sitting in my pocket. Oh my gosh. Right. I'm like, yeah, in one year you become your own private investor. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's the, that's the difference. So, um, my investor does not do multifamily guys, just FYI, and they do not do mobile home parks. So anybody that's a sub two student on Wednesday this week, I'm going to be bringing in our new commercial lender that lends on multifamily minimum a million dollars and does mobile home parks as well, which is very appealing, right? Being able to go out and get loans on mobile home parks is super, super appealing. They do commercial, they do uh, multifamily, and they do um, uh, mobile home parks. So new lenders, right? Access to new lower interest rates is awesome. But the coolest thing about My Investor Loan, which is the company we've been using on the Burr strategy, is they actually do what they say they're going to do. Yes. <laughs> right? Like what was our experience on Lemon trying to get that thing refinanced? No, lenders over-promising, under-delivering. Like, yeah, they, we, we have that product. We can do that. You know, we could definitely lend on it asset-based. And then they wait for you to give them, all, give them all of your information, get the process started. And, you know, they, they're like, let me order an appraisal. Let me order an appraisal. And then they're like, oh, by the way, I need, you know, your taxes. I need, you know, this. And they just start asking for everything. And they're like, oh, well, sorry, underwriting guidelines changed, you know, mid- you know, as soon as we started the process, you know, I don't know what to tell you. So it's just like bait and switch is, was a lot of the experience. Bait and switch. Um, and what's really tough is that you'll, they'll say a lender will go, well, we'll give you 70% of the loan. And then right before you're about to fund, they'll say, oh, sorry, we're only going to give you 60%. So then you got to bring more cash to the table or get a private investor to fill in the difference, right? The gap lender, whatever yeah. it is. And you're just like, dude, oh my gosh. And that first one, I just sent a scathing email to, this was about a year and a half ago. And I was like, man, you're just like all these other lenders. You guys are just marketing companies. You're not even a lender. You're just marketing other people's services and you're taking a broker fee, which, you know, is fine. But we find myinvestorloan.com. They've been amazing. We found two other lenders through really, long, really, really long um, interviews. Probably, I've probably interviewed over... I don't know, 25 banks on multifamily. We finally found one that will give us non-recourse debt and also not base the loan off of our credit. They will base the loan off of the asset, which is what you want. Because if they base it off your credit, it, I, Cody and I, I'm sure Cody's in the 800s on his credit score. I think I'm like 740, 760, something like that. I'm not like the greatest, but I'm really, really good. I just don't have a lot of credit in my name. I have one American Express, 
every other loan that uh, is on all of our real estate is not in my name. And so I have no mortgages on my credit, on my credit history in the last like seven years since I started doing creative finance. So um, I have vehicles with loans and I have an American express. So I have low, I probably should get more credit cards. Is that probably what I should do? Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then also I pay I, my American express will rack it up a hundred grand a month, you know, cause we buy other things with it. It's not just for me, my personal use. And then we paid off every single month, which is not the greatest thing for building credit. But at the end of the day, because we're using creative finance, it really hasn't been that big of a deal. But it's not the credit score that's the problem. The problem is that when you go to credit-based lenders, they limit your ability to get more loans after you have anywhere between eight to 12 loans. They go, we can't give you any more loans. You're tapped out, right? And so what we really want are non-recourse. So non-recourse means if the whole entire world falls apart and we have a, a catastrophic failure and we have to get, we get foreclosed on for some reason, it does not go against our credit. That is what a non-recourse loan is. There's no recourse, it does not come back on us, which is amazing, okay? Um, Jabs Carter says, Pace, why don't you come refinance my property and get some cash flow? Well, you'd have to move out um, and you could always move into one of our mobile home parks. Those, I got a couple of houses that are open. Let me have your house, I'll take it all day long. Okay. So on the um, refinance side, that's been amazing because one of the topics we'll cover in 2022 is what do you do when you have a balloon on a subject to deal? Or what do you do when you have a balloon on a seller finance deal? Cody, were, were there any of those houses that we refinanced recently? Did they have balloons on them? Oh, yeah. I mean, out of the last six or seven, probably four four of those had balloons that were going to be, you know, anywhere from within the next year to three years. But again, you know, with where the economy is at, where interest rates are at, they're the lowest really that they've ever been. It just made sense to secure the long-term debt, even though we had maybe another year at maybe slightly lower interest. But again, we're looking at it over the long-term. Right. So Dustin says, what's the lender you said? Um, this is why I always say it over and over and over. There's some of my students that have heard this in the name of this company a thousand times, but here's one of the reasons why we say it so frequently is because somebody just doesn't hear it. They might be driving or they might be in and out of paying attention or whatever. The name of the company that we are using for our residential single family home refinances is myinvestorloan.com. Now, myinvestorloan.com is not just doing our refinances for our long-term rentals and Airbnbs. They are also doing our um, fix and flip loans, which is crazy because there's a there's a deal. When we get deal, so we have a hard money lender that we really, really enjoy working with. They're very, very quick. When we get a loan from them, or when we get a deal from them, they they tell, say, hey, we're going to send you a deal, but you have to use our money. And their money is at like 18% interest. So expensive. <laughs> it's so expensive. But they sent us the deal. And so we're yep. like, you know what? We're okay. Like, we'll pay your hard money, whatever. But the good thing about them is they're 100% purchase. So what that means is if they send us a deal for 150 grand, they'll actually give us the full loan for the 150 grand on the purchase, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. The problem is the payment every month on the fix and flip is incredibly gnarly. expensive. It's like yeah. gnarly is a really great word for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the reality is 
Okay. The reality is this. Our new lender, myinvestorloan.com is less than half of the rate, less than half, <laughs> less than half. Um, I think that if we had my investor loan, um, Richard Maine says, I need a quick loan lender where to go. Myinvestorloan.com. Now, if you need a transactional, um, financer, you can type in transactional funding in your city and you'll pull up websites. There's people who would give you like one day loans, two day loans type of thing. They're going to charge you a lot of money though. Okay. Um, Dustin says, I appreciate it. I had a few bad experiences with lenders at closing time. So I, you guys, if you know anything about me, I will vet a company before I promote them. I have a couple of companies wanting us to promote their PPC and their SEO and their direct mail and all that kind of stuff. They come to us all the time because we have a big audience. Um, dude, can you believe my TikTok grew like 200,000 in the last 30 days? It's wild. I Holy mean, crap. I can't believe it because your content's great, but it is, that is pretty oh, crazy. Yeah, you're supposed to say that. You're my partner. But the other thing is that our YouTube channel has grown like 10,000 subscribers in the last 30 days too, which is really, really cool. But what happens is for anybody that's brand new to us, we will never promote a company we have not used ourselves, okay? Never, ever, ever, ever. And by the way, if you ever have a bad experience, um, Dawson has asked this question multiple times. Dawson, the answer is yes, you can do sub two. Somebody says, you can't do sub two in Canada. Okay, I've been part of a Canadian sub two transaction. So the answer is yes. I wasn't the buyer, but I had somebody calling me, uh, called me, it was a student of ours, said, hey, I've got a deal here. I, can you walk me in, in our title company through the deal? The answer was yes, we did it. Okay, so... We will not promote a company that we haven't used before. And myinvestorloan.com, here's what happened. Cody started, we find them. He was a, it was a guy I played golf with a couple of years ago. He was in our circle of influence. Cody then interviews him. He's like, I think this is the guy. I go, perfect. Can I start promoting him? Cody's like, no. And so we went through probably six months of loans with him, both on fix and flips and on refinances for long-term, um, you know, taking sub twos that maybe had a balloon or seller finance deals that had a balloon refinancing them into long-term debt. And um, the good thing is, didn't we pull, what did we do? Did we pull out like $400,000 in cash or what did we do? No, we had, oh, I know what it was. We had $400,000 in fix and flip profits that we were going to make. And you mm -hmm. decided, I don't want these to be fix and flips. Let's refinance these and burr them out. So we don't have a tax liability of the cash that we would incur from a fix and flip. Is that correct? Yes, we saved saved on taxes. We got depreciation by doing that. And then we also just left the equity in those deals so we wouldn't have to realize the gain this year. You know, when I, if I'm brand new and I'm listening to this conversation, a lot of this probably would go over my head. Like, realize the gain. Yeah. That is not something that you, know, you learn in high school, right? Or refinance a sub two or <laughs> refinance a seller finance. Guys, don't worry. If you stick with us on Sunday service, what we're going to be doing over the next year is we're going to go be gradually going from beginners um, lives. So like next Sunday, Sunday after, Sunday after, Sunday after, all going to be really, really basic information. And then we're going to start graduating. And then what happens is when somebody comes in and goes, hey, um, I have a question. What is sub two? We'll go, go back to episode 13. Or, hey, what is refinance as such and such? We'll go, we'll say, go back to this. Okay. Um. Kevin Cho says, do you pull out the 20% equity with private money or do you keep it there? We pull out all the private, we pull out the private money. So if we have private money on a, on a deal that we're burring, 
the private money lender gets paid out and now we no longer have a private lender in the deal. Is that correct, Cody? Yes, we keep any long-term stuff we get our lenders out of as soon as possible. Yep. So we refinance and we get our lenders out. And then what we do with those lenders, I think we have close to $5 million in private capital um, just in yeah. our deals, you and I, you and my deals. And then I've got another $3 million of private capital on some of my deals. So we've got like $8 million of private capital that we're constantly always revolving, right? So um, if it's a fix and flip, that's typically money comes back every five months to that private lender, sometimes six months if it's a bigger project, sometimes mm -hmm. three months, right? Yeah. But that's pretty rare. Three months is rare. It's kind of average is like five. And then our private lenders on our sub two and seller finance deals, I'd say their kind of average time frame in there is at least a year um, up to like three years. And it depends on what's going on in the market. If the market is appreciating like crazy, then of course, we'll just go refinance them out. Now we're into that deal, no money out of pocket. Like, and we don't have any lenders, no private lenders. Then we take that private lender, we roll them into another sub two deal, right? So yep. we've got deals in Gainesville coming up. We've got deals in Fayetteville coming up. We've got another deal in Atlanta coming up, all turning into Airbnbs. And so what happened is we've recently taken lenders out of other deals and we're rolling those lenders into new deals, which is awesome. Um, hard money will always be in first position, correct? Yes, Typically, hard money lenders are in first position, and then you have a gap lender. So a private lender will be in second position or third position. That is very, very, very common. If you guys look up anybody's fix and flips, okay, you can pull up public record. Maybe we'll do that in a future episode is like show people how to pull up public record. Um, Keith Hart says, Pace, on most of your fix and flips, are you using hard money and private lenders? Keith Hart, let me say this really clearly. We never, ever use our own money on any house whatsoever. Even sub two seller finance deals, we're not using our own cash. Fix and flips, we're not using our own cash. I did a really long um, YouTube video about this of why do we not use our own cash for our, our projects? It's because we're investing our money into other stuff, buying title companies, growing software companies, um, you know, we've, we have a company called startvirtual.com where we invest our money into those types of deals. So we're expanding into other verticals and we're trying to grow our um, investments. The great thing about real estate, even at our level, you don't need, or we don't even want to use our own cash. It's actually a poor investment for us to use our own cash in any of our own deals. It's a poor investment for us to use our own credit in any of our own deals because our money, if we, let's say we, for example, here's a, here's a good example. Let's say Cody and I, um, let's say our fix and flip business makes $100,000 a month. And Cody and I both take a paycheck from that business $50,000 a month, hypothetically. We could easily, over the course of a year, accumulate $1.2 million in cash between the two of us. And then at that point, we'd have $1.2 million. The problem is, we get, we, our lenders are so inexpensive. They're eight, 10, every once in a while, we'll have a really seasoned lender. They'll pay 12% because there's somebody that we enjoy working with and they're incredibly easy and we'll pay them 12%. Very rarely. But the reality is we, if we took our $1.2 million and put it anywhere else in any of our other businesses, our, our money is making more than 12% return, right? Like, Owning a title company is a greater return on an investment than a fix and flip, right? Like as a lender. So you, yes. we could go buy a $200,000 title company and by the end of the year, have all of our money back. So buying a title company 
is 100% cash on cash return, typically could be up to 200% cash on cash return. Whereas doing lending to ourselves, if we lend, if we loan 200,000 to ourselves, we'd only have $220,000 at the end of the year, we would have made 20 grand in our fix and flip business using our own cash and lending it to ourselves versus taking that $200,000, buying a title company, owning a solid rock, solid cash flowing asset, and now making basically 15 to $20,000 a month. So we utilize our cash to put into other investments rather than put it back into cash uh, into uh, fix and flips. Uh, Kevin Cho, for $200,000, do you buy 100% of the title company? No, we do not. We actually partner with um, Title Alliance. Okay, There's a big, big, big company called Title Alliance. And what, what we do is we go to the CEO of Title Alliance and we say, we want to own a branch in this area and we front the money. They are half the ownership. We are the other half. Okay. And why is that? There's a big reason is because we don't want to hire, train, onboard, look for the building, um, deal with the legalities, deal with the paperwork. We don't want to deal with any of that stuff. We put up the money and we drive the traffic and we get files going through that title company. That's all our involvement on that $200,000. It could be up to $250,000 depending on the market, but uh, title alliance owns the, owns the other half of it. And I am so grateful for that because we don't want to ever hire onboard train, oh. HR, deal with all the crap that goes on inside of that, right? Absolutely not. Right. So um, there's there's a reason, hopefully that makes sense for you guys. There's a reason why we don't use our own money. Um, Richard Main says, where can I go for private lending Arizona for Gap? Okay, so I can do this and show you guys how this works, um, but any deal, Okay, any deal that you go pull up that has a second position loan. So for like, for example, um, this is this is a, a HUD on my own personal house. This house that I own has three positions on it. It has a sub two loan, a seller finance, and another private agreement. So it has three loans on it. If you guys pull up public record, which I can show you guys how to do this maybe in a future week, you can pull up public records and see who are, who is lending gap money on any particular deal. Okay. You can pull what you're pulling up is you're pulling up notes and deeds of trust in second position. It's public data. This is not like you have, you don't have to, it's really not that hard. Okay. You can see who has liens secured against a particular property and you then go look at the person in second position. You see that they're typically a lending company or you see that they're an individual and you call that individual and you say, hey, I saw that you um, loaned somebody money in second position. I'm looking for a gap lender. Are you looking for more investments? It's very simple. It's like so simple. It's so simple. Sh uh, show us now. RT Cal, bro, I've done, I've done that, man. You got to stay tuned to, to Sunday service, bro. I've done that. Um, have you got a pre-four pre under contract? then complete loan mod with seller for additional money. I, I have, it's beautiful. Yes, we have. You're asking the, the creative finance Kings, if we've done creative finance, um, the answer is going to be yes. Alejandro. Hey bro. I've always wondered how difficult would it be to go buy properties in my hometown? St. Martin in the Caribbean um, would be nice to get a sub two on the beach. Let's pull the data. Let's look at it. Um, Sub to the reverse mortgage and refi 75%, appraise it at 300, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. Okay, hold on. 
Contracted reverse mortgage, pre-foreclosure in Pahrump, uh, Nevada. Pahrump. Um, that's where prostitution is legal. I just watched a, my wife and I just watched a whole documentary about this. <laughs> I can assign it for $20,000, but sourced an owner occupant looking to put $50,000 down. Is it possible to sub to the reverse mortgage and refinance? Um, yes. 1000% you can. Here, here's the thing, guys. I always tell people don't sub to a reverse mortgage unless you're going to refinance it or you're going to um, fix and flip it, or you're going to do a short sell. Don't keep a reverse mortgage on sub two because the reverse mortgage companies are a little bit different than a regular mortgage company. They know when these people are passing away and they are coming after that house, okay? They are coming after that house. So what if you don't have other things you can invest your money in? Why would you not use your money for some fix and flips? Okay, great. So Clive, thank you so much for bringing this up. When somebody tells me that they use all cash for their fix and flips, that means I, I'm going to say something a little bit controversial. That means their life is boring. That's it. And what do I mean by that? It means you have nothing else going on. You haven't been networking. You haven't been looking for other opportunities. You don't have buddies that are building other businesses. You don't have other people around you doing big things. And so you have no other place to put your money. So I, not you, Clive, but other people. I get people that come to us and they're, oh yeah, I'm using all cash for my fix and flips. I'm like, get some friends, get some friends that are doing other things, get friends that are building businesses that need your capital. Like go invest your money, diversify, don't have your cash in fix and flips. You leverage other people's money for fix and flip, leverage other people's money for real estate, period. This is the only thing that I think I don't like about Dave Ramsey is because Dave Ramsey would advise the exact opposite. He would say, pay cash for your fix and flips. I was watching this YouTube video of his, Cody, where he was like, this guy comes on his show and he asks a question. He says, hey, Dave, so I've got somebody that will give me private money to go out and do my first fix and flip. And Dave Ramsey's like, never fix and flip without with anybody else's money. Always fix and flip with your own cash. And the guy's like, okay, I don't have cash. And Dave's like, okay, well, go get a side hustle as a handyman and save up all your money until you can buy a, a house with cash. And then you can do your first fix and flip. And I was like, you literally just told this guy to go be a handyman for 20 years. Yes. Oh my God. Gosh, are you joking me? You you told this guy to avoid leveraging debt so he could spend one-fifth of his life to buy one house with cash. That was truly his, his advice. And so I look at Dave Ramsey in that advice. It's like, no, 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 no. Don't use your own cash when you're doing a fix and flip. Just don't. Don't. We use hard money lenders, my investor loan for the main purchase and for the renovation. What, what are they giving us? They're giving us 90% of the purchase and 90% of the renovation money. Is that correct? Yep. So really all we have to do is we have to go find a private investor, which we, again, we have eight, $9 million of private money. And that money is constantly revolving on our deals. Um, actually, there's a handful of our uh, lenders in the side chat. So good to see you guys. Usually like Yara, one of our lenders, she's now a sub two student. So I'll like announce her as a lender inside of sub two, but I would never announce our private lenders in like an open YouTube chat because you get these knuckleheads that would reach out to them. So, um, Ooh, La Latasha Lee, how do I become a sub two student? I would work with the sub two students. 
Um, don't worry about becoming a student. Just work with some of the other students. Network with my students. Find out who is in the side chat that can help you. I'd probably say 50, 60% of the people in here are existing students. Um, Pace needs to make a video on that on his TikTok. Okay, we, we will absolutely do that. Um, okay, so... Kara Madden. Pace, do you have any passive income streaming from something other than um, related to real estate? Hmm. Something related. I mean. No. <laughs> Some every, way. Every, every, we have, I'd say Cody and I probably combined, I would say we easily have 20 um, income streams combined. And I would say that everything is tied to real estate. Even, even like, I think this month on my YouTube channel, I basically paid for one full-time position on the media team from our YouTube income. That's even real estate related, right? And that's not passive. That's like an active income source. Yeah, We have to work a lot of hours on that to make sure that we make that little piddly amount of money. Um, but I would say that no, no nothing. Everything that we're doing, we're even working on an NFT project uh, to basically get rid of the need for a title company and, a, and title insurance through transferring properties through an NFT. And that project's probably going to take a year and a half to two years to build. That's even real estate related. Every little thing that we're doing is, is tied to real estate. And the reason being is once you become an expert in a field, every single opportunity you can ever imagine just comes at you regarding that specific field. And Cody, do you ever get people ask you if they if you want to invest in like their weed companies and their apparel companies and their other companies like DMing you and stuff? Yes. And I yeah, I mean, honestly, that's all it's usually if there's a legitimate opportunity, obviously I'd look at it, but I mean, most of the time it's like, well, you know, like you ask like, okay, well, what are the financials and like, what's this look like? And it's like, well, you know, you see, uh, I got this really good idea and, uh, yeah, that's, that's usually where those go. The, the reality is like, why would I tie, if you understand that real estate is the safest investment, it always goes, it always comes back or it's always going up. Right. One of the two. Even if it goes down, the great thing is that we're cash flowing on our properties, which is amazing. But even if it tanks, we're still making money, right? Whereas every other business goes under, they go belly under, right? In, in a recession. Think about like if I invested, somebody was bragging on social media the other day, which I, I'm all about bragging. I have no problem with people bragging. That's not a negative thing. That they own like 40 something restaurants. And I was like, that scares the hell out of me. Like I would own the real estate and lease out my real estate to the restaurant owners, but I wouldn't want to own restaurants, especially during COVID. Like, isn't that crazy to even think like, no. So the answer is no. We just have so many opportunities. Um, luckily, we have so many opportunities in real estate related to real estate. What's that, Cody? Um, all right, Cody's, he's on Wi-Fi for some reason instead of plugging into the hard hardwired. But Dominique says, can any real estate attorney close a sub two deal? Or oh, do they have to spend All right, let's, let's put Cody on pause for just a second. Um, can any real estate attorney, um, can any real estate attorney close a sub two deal? Yes. So here's what I would suggest. If you have a real estate attorney that doesn't know how to close a sub two deal, have them work with us uh, with Here's what we used to do. We don't really have to do this much anymore because now most of my students have found um, 
attorneys and title companies all over the country that every single state we have a, a title company or a closing attorney that can close a deal. Okay. Every single state. Um, so if you find an attorney that you really like and doesn't understand sub two, all you have to do is have them work with an attorney that does understand it. It's very simple. I've paid my attorney, Sean St. Clair, multiple times to work with um, other attorneys across the country on how to close a sub two deal. And it's very, very simple. Um, all right. Why do some underwriters not insure wraparound mortgages? Um, because the reason being is because sometimes a wraparound mortgage is a conflict of interest because they have two clients, right? They have a client that they represent the buyer who's the, the person buying the wrap. And then they have you, the lender that is involved in the wrap. And it's a conflict of interest. They're representing two different parties. So a lot of underwriters will not insure wraparound mortgages because of that specific thing. Hopefully that helps you out. I could talk about that for an hour, to be honest. Um, I wouldn't even been getting into real estate investing if I had to use my own money as a healthcare worker, LOL. Let me reread that. I wouldn't even be getting into real estate investing if I had to use my own money as a healthcare, healthcare worker. Yeah, there you go. Shout out to Alejandro Alvarez. He called me today and gave me a ton of information to help me get on the right track. Thank you, Alejandro. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you. We had a great book club meeting today um, about the go-giver and Alejandro was in there talking about like, how do I do more? How do I do more? How often are your sellers carrying a second? So Chris, this is not something I typically go after. Um, I typically just have the seller carry the entire deal on a seller finance deal, right? Like um, this deal here, and I've got four, we've got four um, that we are in the process of right now that the sellers are carrying the entire note, the entire note. Um, we would rather just go to the seller specifically and say, hey, sell, carry the full entire balance. That's the majority of our seller finance deals is that the seller is carrying the first and like 90% of the purchase. So we'll give 5%, 10% down. We're buying a triplex right now in Fayetteville, North Carolina, that we're giving the seller $0 down. My student, Christina, brought the deal to me um, and she's getting paid more than the seller is at, on her assignment fee. So that seller is carrying the entire mortgage, the entire thing. Actually, it's sub two is first. He has a second position loan, in, uh, second position deal in 0% uh, interest. He's carrying the his equity in 0%. And then we're giving the seller $0 down and taking that triplex over. It already has three tenants. It's already cash flowing. That's the majority of what we do, right? Our sub two and seller finance deals, we're not asking sellers to um, carry a second. We're doing that on bigger properties, right? Big, big properties that we're going out and we're getting commercial loans on. We're currently working that strategy right now. So any of the students that are watching the multifamily series that we're doing inside of sub two, you guys will see us working those deals live over the next couple of months. Ooh, so many good ones. Um, all right. So Aaron Keo 91, you guys are amazing. I felt like I was just going to have to wait 20 years before my first project and y'all have given me a better strategy. Absolutely. Um, I'm telling you, real estate investing is actually very, very simple. Is it easy? No, because it's like learning a new language. Cody, you in your flight lessons right now, when you're having a radio into the tower, you're on freaking Wi-Fi. Plug into the hardwire, bro. Can you hear me okay? It wasn't it wasn't working when I was plugged in here. I'm gonna mess. You can keep going. Keep going. Um, okay, I'll I'll keep going. Got it. 
So the, here's the thing is like when I'm learning, um, how to fly Cody is too, we, we both have the exact same flying instructor. And when you're having to call into the radio tower, I now remember what it was like when I had to call my first seller. It was like, it's jarring, it's scary. And it's a really good reminder for me because now we're so comfortable with talking to sellers about any particular topic and any creative finance, non-creative finance, cash, whatever, right? Any of that kind of stuff. And I, the flight instructor, Brent goes, okay, radio the tower, tell them um, Falcon Tower, this is Foxtrot Lima, six, uh, eight, six, niner, blah, 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 holding short for runway four right. And I'm like, what did you say? I'm going to have... And when you're hearing all the jibber jabber on the radio and you're going to have to like push the button, the, the intercom and you're going to have to, not the intercom, but the communicator and you're going to have to communicate with the tower while you're holding a plane and you have your feet on the, on the, on the rudders and you have your feet on the everything. Like it is so scary having to just make that quick phone call. Right. And telling them what you're about to do. And then you're about to go on a runway and, push the throttle and take off in a plane for like the third or fourth time of your entire life. So I know what it feels like when you're first starting to jump into real estate. It's that same feeling of like, wow, it's a lot of information. What's important? What's not important? What do I focus on first? What's my homework? What's my step-by-step? -step? All that kind of stuff. I totally get where you're at. And a lot of people will learn that getting into real estate requires cash, credit, and credentials, right? W-2. And th those are the things that people believe. They think you have to have all those things. And we don't use, Cody and I don't use our credit. Cody and I don't use any of our own cash. And um, in our wholesale business with, with Matt Beard, our partner, we, Matt Beard, I think got two or three contracts last week. I think he got a sub two. We stopped a foreclosure. Literally no, no credit. You can make all this money in wholesale with no credit, no credentials, no cash. Like it's amazing. Okay. Um, hey, have you ever done a video on transferring your properties into a trust? Um, no, because I don't believe in transferring my properties in a trust. I, my trust owns all of my LLCs. Therefore, my LLCs are owning my properties. Therefore, my properties are actually already owned by my trust. I actually don't believe in land trusts. Um, we in Arizona, the whole purpose of a land trust is to hide the anonymity of the the buyer in a land trust does not hide you as the buyer in Arizona. It is a requirement that even if you buy in a land trust, they show the beneficiary and everywhere else in the country, you can buy in a land trust and it hides who the actual owner is. It's a stupid little game that does not help out with the due on sale clause. It does not listen to me. It does not help out with the due on sale clause ever, 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 ever. When you hear people saying like, Oh yeah, buy in a trust. And it'll help you out with the due on sale clause. Buying in a trust does not help out with the due on sale clause. Have a living trust. Your living trust then owns your holding company, which is an LLC. Your holding company then owns your other LLCs. My students have a whole full breakdown of how that all works. So um, no, we don't do that. It's, it's a trash strategy. I'm sorry to say that, but it's not a great strategy. Dominique says, how do I... Or what do I need to do to take a full control for the seller so I can be his representative and not have him involved in every single phone call, lenders, insurance, et cetera? Oh, for you're talking about for the cash out refinance? Dominique, can you give me a little bit more specific questions, please? And thank you. Um, okay, so Brandon Hardiman says, if I sell a rental property, 
on a wraparound mortgage, can I claim the income created by the difference in the two mortgages payments as income? Yeah, it is actually, it's not whether you can or you can't. You legally have to. That is income. That is, that's the whole purpose of doing a wraparound mortgage, right? So you acquire a property and you sell it on seller finance to your buyer. You have a difference between the two. You have ordinary income that's coming into you every single month. It's ordinary income. It is going to be looked at as ordinary income and you legally have to, to report that. Absolutely. Okay. Great questions, guys. There's a lot of people in here that I think we're going over some people's heads. Guys, if you're in the side chat, 350 people are watching tonight. Um, we've got 300 people are on my YouTube channel. So thank you guys so much for that. 350 people between Cody's YouTube channel, my YouTube channel, and our Facebook group. Um, tell me, who's getting lost on this? <laughs> uh, we had Cody jump into the live, kind of throw us off our main uh, course. He came in late. Shame, shame, shame. Obviously trying to figure out the... the um, trying to figure out the Wi-Fi at my property. Um, the, the problem with my house is it's so big and it's it like stretched out that the only way you can get Wi-Fi, you, the only way you can stream is if you're hardwired in. Let's see if we can get him in on here. Did you figure it out? I did not figure it out, but we have five minutes left. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just cross my fingers with the Wi-Fi. I'm plugged in. Everything's hooked up. It's just not, it's not going. So, you know, we're, we're, no but problem. we're here. I'm happy to be here. So, um, all right. So here's what uh, Jakari says. I got lost. Right. Um, Sherry says, uh, me too. I'm, but I'm a newbie. Okay. Kara says, if I clouded a title after a signed contract and the seller ran and I never found a buyer yet, what should I do? Wait for the seller to close with someone else and I get payment to uncloud title. I'll let Cody answer this one. This is a great one. We, we've actually had this happen multiple times in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, I mean, we, we keep, if we file a memorandum or a notice of interest, which is for those of you that are wondering, basically a piece of paper that says, Hey, I, I, I am serious about buying this property that I recorded it with whatever County that it's located in. So that, that prevents it from being able to be sold to another buyer while you have that interest recorded with whatever County. So mm -hmm. I would, I would definitely keep the interest filed if you are planning to perform on that property. I would not be clouding a title that you were not planning on performing with. We had a property. It's a mobile home. Pace, you remember this one. We got it under contract for $40,000 over two years ago. And we're, it finally, you know, after two years of garbage, you know, we protected our interest in purchasing that property. And we are now buying that property for $40,000 today. So I would say, yes, definitely keep that if you are planning to perform. Love that. Um, here's a question that's been copied and pasted 18 times. Um, Scott Phillips, great question. I bought a property sub two, lender wanted it in a trust, so I did. Now the seller is declaring bankruptcy. Will I be forced to pay off the loan? Um, if you were my student, which Scott Phillips, I can already tell you are not by this question, um, you would not, you would have the answer to that and you would know exactly how you should have struck, uh, uh, done that deal. The answer is no. If a seller files bankruptcy and you own a sub two, you will not be forced to pay it off as long as you structured it properly. You did your paperwork right and you uh, gave disclosure to the seller. Okay. Um, Scotty says, let's see, what's Scotty saying? 
I don't know what Scotty's saying. Sorry, Scotty. Scotty says, and for the record, I'm not looking for somebody to throw me money here. I'm just letting someone know they so they might help later. Okay, got it. When is Sub 2 2.0 rolling out? Sub 2 2.0, Kyle Robichaud. If you watch the Sub 2 2.0 Zoom I did on a Sunday about 30 days ago, I walked through what Sub 2 2.0 will consist of um, for about three hours. And I talked about the launch date and all of that kind of stuff. I would I would push you to that. Um, oh, Scotty is going to reach out to students. Got it. Scotty needs a lender. Um, so typically, Scotty, no offense to you, but... Um, if you are a student inside of sub two, you have a much higher likelihood of getting a student inside of sub two to lend to you, right? It's a stronger community. People are a little bit more vetted inside of there. So if you're reaching out to students as a non-student, I can tell you're going to have a really, really hard time getting them to pay attention because they've got other students that are inside of sub two that they're communicating with frequently. In fact, I think this coming week, we're going to, even during Christmas, we'll end up doing 20 Zooms. So the community is tight. People know each other. Cody, Cody Rose, if he's, if you're looking to lend, I would suggest lend to a private, to a student inside of sub two who understands the flow of the paperwork properly, understands the structuring of the deals, how to manage the properties, et cetera. Nothing against Scotty, but I would always make sure that you, um, you make sure you're lending to students over somebody else. FYI. Um, so guys, this was really good. Peggy Salter says, how do I become a sub two student? You don't. So it's completely sold out. I'm very sorry. Um, so work with my other students. Can I get, can I still get paid my wholesale fee paid to me after clouded title? If I was not an was not an equitable buyer. Short answer. Yes. Long answer. It depends. Correct. 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 All right. So guys, this is what we're going to be doing next week. We are going to be talking about, um, so last week we talked about what is creative finance this coming week. Um, we're going to make sure Cody shows up five minutes early. We're going to make sure he's plugged into the internet. Um, I'm he has literally has next, next, next Sunday. I'm going to walk over and just like be set up. Yeah. Just use that. The, Cody's in my upstairs studio. As you guys can see, I have an upstairs studio and this is my downstairs studio and he has a cat five cord. He could plug into his computer, but he can't figure out technology. So we're going to figure that out with him for him today. Okay. Um, Kishore says, how do I lend to sub two community? Uh, Kishore, I would private message me on Instagram and I'll help you on understand how to do that pri uh, properly. So uh, go to Instagram, DM me and whether you want to be a private money lender or you want to understand how to lend money, um, DM me and I'll teach you all about it. Uh, REA trainer. Maybe this question is more for owner finance than sub two. Can or do you do any type of clause for substitution of collateral if you aren't renting it to your end customer, if they refinance on a perch from you? Love this. REA trainer asking questions. I have to like question, ask, I have to stop for a second and go, what, what's he typing? What's he saying? Okay, maybe this question is for owner finance rather than sub two. Can you or do you use any type of clause for substitution of collateral if you aren't renting it out to your end customer, if they refinance on the purchase from you? That is a very great question. And we will be answering that inside of the owner finance. Um, we're going to be talking about sub two next week and then owner finance the following week. I will answer that question in depth. It's a great question. Okay. Um, Cody. What's funny is Cody may, may need Steve Allison as a tech guy for sure. Do you guys do commercial real estate deals often? Um, 
No, actually we don't. We did a couple last year. Uh, we're going to do more this year. We're going to be focusing a lot more in 2022. That's what we talked about at the very beginning of the podcast. And we will be doing a lot more commercial, larger properties, right? 50 plus units. Um, we just bought our own commercial real estate, about a million dollars, our new office. And uh, we just, we bought that with creative finance. We didn't use any loans to use that. We use other people's money to do that. Shout out Gerald. Thank you, Gerald, for the, for the money. That was great. Um, and uh, we just closed on that. That's a dope spot. So I, we actually have two, maybe three businesses running out of that office. Is that right? Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, guys, C Cody, Cody, are you going to be here next time on time next week? I'm going to be on time as long as I get your Wi-Fi functioning. We'll figure today. it out. We'll, we'll tell the hamster to run faster so we can get your <laughs> Wi-Fi working. So here's here's the question, okay? Um, Cody, when are when do we do Sunday service and where can people find it and what time should they be tuning in so they make sure they don't listen, miss anything? Sunday service is every Sunday at 7 p.m. Whatever time Arizona is at 7 p.m. because sometimes y'all time zones be changing on us. So Arizona, 7 p.m. every Sunday. And you could find us on Spotify and iTunes as well. Obviously, you can listen in live on YouTube. But if you're wanting to listen into past episodes during the week, you can go on Spotify and iTunes as well. Um, last 30 seconds of the show, what were your challenges in buying that commercial property? Um, the real estate agent actually was the easiest part of that. The agent was so awesome and helpful. Like, shout out to that Best real estate agent. agent. We've dealt with on the other side of a transaction in a long time. Bro, I'm telling you, most real estate agents do not have a clue. That guy was amazing. He let us talk to the seller. He let us talk to the seller's attorney. The dude was on it. It was so great. The problem is the property we bought did not appraise for what we bought it for. And so that was a problem. So we had to bring it a little bit. We wanted the property. It's like for mm -hmm. us, it's a next evolution in our uh, multiple businesses actually will evolve from that office. And we needed it. We needed that office. It's ideal location. Yes. It's right between mine, Cody's, and Matt's um, homes. We have so many of our employees that live right by there. It's next to everything beautiful. The office is freaking beautiful. Yep. Oh, my God. What a dope find, bro. Congrats on finding that deal, by the way. Hey, you know, we just, it was the universe that made it all happen. We happened to be looking and everything came together, so. Yeah. And that's the thing too, is a lot of people, you know, they, you hear them talk about like, make sure you buy a property with a bunch of equity guys. It's if you were investing in our own personal homes or we're investing in cash flow or we're investing in our own office space, it's not that we don't want properties with a lot of equity, but if you want the deal and it's going to elevate your business, invest in your freaking business. Yep. Every time we make a payment, that, that payment is going down. And also the value of that property is going to go sky high. So when we saw the appraisal come in, we, Cody was how much did it short? How much short was it of the appraisal? Uh, it was like fifty thousand short, so it wasn't too crazy, honestly. Okay, so basically one f fix and flip. Yeah, and honestly, it's like again, like you're saying, it it's not always about getting the best deal on everything you're doing in your entire life, right? Like when it comes to your personal house, like get what you want in your house. When it comes to the office, like. We want to have a good space so that people can have good energy and the good, you know, creativity can happen in there. It's something that people are proud to come to and proud to work out of, you know? So it's like, there's, it's not always just about the deal. Um, 
here we go. Carly says, have you or will you ever do any deals in Alaska? I have a lot of students doing deals in Alaska. Actually, I had this student, Tara, about a year and a half ago. She came into sub two and she started just ripping it up. She's a uh, massage therapist, ripping it up in Alaska. And she started making money in Alaska. And then she moved to Florida because she was doing, she was like, oh my gosh, this is great. I, she's doing sub two deals, seller finance deals. Then she moves over to Florida because she's like, I want more of this. But yeah, we have students in Alaska. In fact, we have, a, we had a lot of students in Alaska at one point. Some of them moved out of um, Alaska, but um, have I ever done a deal in Alaska? Our transaction coordination business did do deals in Alaska, but we don't do deals in Alaska. There's so many states in this country. There's so many states in this country. I, there, can you do sub two seller finance and, and all these kind of cool things in every state? Yes, you absolutely can. But I don't want to do deals in Alaska unless it's like on a lake with a river and I can Airbnb it nine months out of the year and I can go spend a couple months there. But even then, I even was, Laura and I were talking about like, we want to live in Montana in the summers, you know, when we get older. Mm -hmm. And I really don't even think that's the case either, dude. Like I'm, I'm, I just feel like I'd rather do what you and Hiella have been doing, which is like, let's just go live somewhere for 45 days, a new place. Yeah. New places, new places, new places. If I go buy a property and I, I probably will, I'm going to buy a ranch, but I'm going to rent the ranch out. And I'm going to have it like as a wedding spot or something in Montana. So I can always say I own a property on a river in Montana. <laughs> I want that. Right. It's part of my vision board. It has been for a long time, but I'm not going to live there because then it shorts me on all the other experiences. I could go live in Paris for a month. I could go live in Miami for a month. I could go live in Columbia for a month. I could go do all these amazing things. I don't want to be tied to one. Like I see people have vacation homes and you vacation in the same spot every single summer for the rest of your life. I want something different every single year. I want my wife and my kids to experience something different every single year. So for us, um, Alaska, I say I would, I would buy a property. But now, like thinking about it, the answer is no. Personally, it's not that it's not a great place to invest. It just personally, it doesn't fit my strategy. And definitely, I, I already know it's not going to fit Cody's strategy. No, too far. I'm not an outdoors person, so not it for me. <laughs> okay, so um, Adam Cronenberg, Colorado, absolutely freaking love Denver area and most of Colorado. I would absolutely buy deals in Colorado. In fact, I had a deal uh, come to me uh, a couple of weeks ago from somebody in Denver. And I go, I'm not going to buy the deal because your entry fee is too high, but I really like the deals. Downtown Denver, two bed, one bath, really expensive deal, but it was like a really, it was a decent deal, but the entry fee was high. And I said, I don't want it. I'm buying two other deals um, in Gainesville, Florida, Fayetteville and Atlanta. I'm buying three deals. We're buying these other deals. So I'm going to put the money into those deals instead of that deal. Here's how you restructure it. And he restructured it, sold it, made 10,000 bucks. He sends me a text and he's like, oh my gosh, bro, you saved my butt. I was never going to be able to sell that, send that deal. Um, hold on. Um, there was a good question in here. So Marci Mario Garcia, and I like Anderson. Okay, I'm friends with Anderson, but I am currently not promoting them to do business with them. I, I, and they're going to hear me. Somebody's going to say this. They are incredibly slow. They, I was, Cody and I were at lunch the other day and I got a call from Anderson Business Advisors on something I've been asking them to do for li literally 
10 months of my life, 10 months of my life. And when I picked up the phone, it was like, oh my gosh, like her, the, I don't want to say the girl's name because somebody will send this to Kimberly or not Kimberly, um, Anderson, Anderson business advisor. They'll send this to Anderson and they'll be like, Hey, Hey said such and such about blah, 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 blah. I love Anderson. I love to uh, Toby. I love Corey. I love these guys they are amazing. But the reality is I can't promote a services that takes 10 months. I can't. And they're incredibly expensive. I, I promoted them for a while. Cause I had, I had, um, a charity with them and I still have my IUL. So my infinite banking is with them and they're doing a great job with it, but I've had to fix everything with them multiple times. They never once have ever done it right. The first time I've had to go back and go, no, this is what I wanted. They go, Oh, I guess we didn't pick it up. And then just hard, it's just been hard. Okay. So I don't promote Anderson at all. And here's the thing. Anderson creates a Wyoming LLC that says that owns say that Florida LLC and all the property is assigned to a land trust. Are you saying that is not the way to do it? No, that's not the way to do it. Can you do it that way? Yeah. But you can also have a, a living trust own all your LLCs and you now have anonymity by owning a living trust. It's way easier, way simpler. There's no reason you should have a land trust ever. There's just no reason. Are there, are there re ways you can utilize a land trust to benefit you? Yes. But are they better than owning a living trust and having your LLCs owned by that living trust? You should have a living trust anyway. That's the thing. You don't need a land trust, but you do need a living trust. So get a living trust for your entire estate, right? A living trust is an actual estate planning trust. A, a land trust is not. It's basically just a shroud of ownership. It's not an actual even legal um, entity. It's a, it's a shroud. So the answer is get a living trust. Okay. I've done so many zooms on this, get a living trust, have that living trust on your LLCs. You have full anonymity for the rest of your life. Okay. Um, so no, I disagree with the way Anderson's setting it up. Um, Peggy says I have an LLC with Anderson and, and incorporated and I want to sell them. Yeah, I would get, I, I look, who do you, who do we, who do we go to for living trusts? We go to, I'll give you a link. This is who we always suggest. Um, we, again, this is another relationship that took us about seven months to set up. A lot of my students will tell you guys flat out that this is their favorite company I've promoted. It is prime corporate services. Okay. You guys will see it right here. Um, you got my, you have my, uh, oh, is there another zero to hero coming up? Yes, actually, Marcus, we are doing another zero to hero starting in about 30 days. Cody doesn't know about this, but I'm going to tell him right now. Cody, you want to hear the next zero to hero? Fill me in, dog. All right. So we, I have a girl named Emmy who has been hounding me for uh, direct mail, right? She wants to send out direct mail for us. And so I go, Emmy, I, I hate direct mail. It's expensive. I, I don't want to promote something that's really expensive to people because we are, most of our audience or people are just getting started and it really doesn't help them. And she's like, what can I do to help? Like, I'll prove to you that our, we can do a great job for you. I go, okay, if you are willing to come onto my live Zooms with my students, I will do a multi-family multi only direct mail marketing campaign. And I will have you come on and, uh, and basically be held accountable every single month for the leads that are coming in from those com campaigns. And she's <laughs> like, I'm down. 
Let's do it. I'm down. So her and I were texting yesterday. So what we're going to do is we're going to do, um, we're, here's, what's going to be fun. We're going to go, uh, direct mail campaign, multifamily only. We're going to choose four markets, um, by pulling a list and then we're going to hire one virtual assistant and we're going to compete the virtual assistant against the direct mail marketing campaign, see who generates more leads. And then we're going to be calling those leads every Saturday for a two hour increment in this on Saturday mornings, multifamily stuff. So I'm, just came up with it yesterday with um, our student base. So zero to hero, if you're a zero to hero student or you're a sub two student, you will be given access to that Saturday mornings. And that challenge will probably go on for about three, four months because a good um, direct mail marketing campaign takes that much time to actually figure out whether it's good yeah. or not. And so Emmy's going to come in and we're going to, we're going to have a lot of fun with it. It's going to be only multifamily. It's going to be only two hours a week. It's not going to be like our normal zero to hero challenges. Um, we are working on a direct to seller zero to hero challenge, which will probably start in February. Matt, um, beard, our partner who is, um, amazing, amazing guy. He is going to be running that zero to hero challenge starting February 1st or February 15th. And it will be direct to seller. We're going to show you guys how to go direct to seller, get leads, um, immediately, like within a couple of days. And, uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So, um, Tori Ellis, do we start our business structure with a living trust? I suggest you do, but you don't have to. If you don't have the money for it, you can always go back and get a living trust later, okay? Um, Jose Rodriguez, can you do creative finance when the owner has $100,000 of equity? He has a mortgage in place with the house is 300 grand. Yes, let me show you something. Here's a sub two deal that I did. It's right here. Sub two deal I bought. Here's the paperwork. It's gonna be hard to read it from this distance, but the seller had um, $1.8 million in equity. $1.8 million in equity. And the seller gave me his mortgage. It's a $1.2 million mortgage. I took that over sub two. And then his equity I created in a seller finance position. We call that a hybrid transaction. And so this transaction, which is my personal home, $3 million home, $3 million purchase, which purchased with a sub two loan at 1.2 million and then a seller finance position at $1.8 million in equity. So there you go. Hybrid. Where do, where can I get a hat? Jay Kirby, you need to reach out to Melissa at sub two.com and she gives all students a free hat for uh, their first hat for free. Um, so guys, a couple of companies we promoted here. Um, Myinvestorloan.com shouldn't say promoted, just kind of told you guys. Myinvestorloan.com will give you guys that link for anybody that's looking for fix and flip money or refinance long-term debt money. Um, and then also you, uh, Prime Corporate Services right there. If you need an LLC or a living trust, there's a link for that conversation. Uh, you got Adam say, I just used PCS last week. That's Prime Corporate Services. I just used them last week. They were great. Um, there are many positive about sub two. What about the cons? Dominique, we've given you probably five or six Sunday service episodes all about the cons of sub two. Um, and I would suggest go back and watch those. We will do more of those in the future, but I will suggest go back and watch those. Uh, Adam Cronenberger, no one has figured out a connection between creative and realtors. We have. We've bought multiple deals through realtors, creative finance, multiple, um, a lot. Actually, my last personal house was bought through a realtor. Cody has, I don't know, was your last house on McClellan, was that through a realtor? No, no, that was, that was, uh, that was just a sub two. Through the yeah, 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 direct to seller. Love Matt it. got that. 
So yeah, we guys, we do buy a lot of deals with realtors. Um, and my last property on Sterling was purchased through a realtor. It was my personal house. And I paid a realtor 2,500 bucks. And I got a phenomenal deal. Actually, you know how much money I've made on that deal in the last, let's look, let's, before we end the show, let's, let's find out how much money I've made on this Sterling Mesa deal. This is a, this is a good share for anybody that is actually still paying attention. Um, all right, boom. So I bought the property in 2019 for 372, 788. I bought it sub two. I didn't pay any money um, out of pocket for the deal. Really? I pay, uh, paid closing costs. And I still own it to this day. And look what Zestimate says. Made $220,000 on that property just sitting on it. That doesn't even include the Airbnb income. That doesn't include anything else. It's just the appreciation. $220,000 in two years on one house. Sub two from a realtor, FYI. Great. How do you prevent do on sale clause with your personal home? The same, we, we did a whole entire, okay, guys, we just did an entire dedicated do on sale clause, uh, sub two, uh, sub two do on sale clause uh, Sunday service a couple of months ago. So type in Sunday service do on sale clause and you should find that episode pretty easily. In fact, here, I'll, I'll show you guys how to do this for anybody that's not that resourceful. Let's go to youtube.com. I'll show you guys how simple this really is. Um, let's type in Sunday service, do on sale. Boom. There it is. Hold on. Let me, let me share this with you guys. It's truly this easy if you want to be resourceful. Look right there. Two and a half thousand views streamed five months ago. Do on sale clause in subject two. And then we did another one, do on sale clause in subject two, part two. So pretty amazing right there, guys. Just type in Sunday service, do on sale. Okay. And you'll find that episode. In fact, I'll, no, I won't give you the link. You guys can go find it. You guys can be resourceful. All right, guys. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you. Uh, sub two students, we will see you multiple times this week. Cody, do you have anything to say to everybody before we peace out? No, I mean, again, guys, we appreciate you being here. You know, Sunday service was started because we just, we love being able to give back and have fun with you guys every Sunday. So um, we appreciate it. Have a happy holiday. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa, whatever you celebrate, or if you don't celebrate anything, have a great week. We'll see you guys next Sunday. Thank you guys. Have a great week. Uh -huh.